Hello, Kayla. Hello, Megan. Hello. Uh, hello. We're hello, back. We're hello, back. Hello. We're back. We're back. <laughs> it is it is the holiday season right mm. now it's happy it's holidays crazy. yeah right because <laughs> i'm back home i'm back from uh i'm i'm back in the new york area from la and i it hasn't quite hit me yet like we just got our christmas tree but it hasn't quite hit me that like the holidays are upon us i feel like you know mm. it, I, does it feel like the holidays at your oh, house yet? I've I've already gone to like two or three holiday parties. So, oh my god, <laughs> holidays are here. They arrived two weeks ago. Like, oh my goodness, the second thing, second Santa crossed in front of Macy's at the parade. That's that's Christmas time for me, baby. That's what that's when it starts. Oh my god, I love it. I love it. I've definitely been enjoying all the lights. The lights have been really pretty. Yeah. I really like, I feel like this year I've been really leaning into like how much I actually enjoy looking at Christmas lights. Like I feel like a little kid. Like driving around different neighborhoods and seeing all the the light displays. Oh my God, you would love my neighbors right now. (laughs) Oh my God. I, I believe it. Big like 20 foot Rudolph. Oh my God! Seriously, <gasps> seriously! Oh my God! I need to. I will. I will be coming over to your house very soon to view yes, you will. the the. <laughs> um, but I think that might be one of the reasons why it hasn't felt like Christmas yet here, because mm. we saw a lot more lights on our trip across the country than I have since I've been here. Like since I've Ooh. been here, I haven't seen very many. But like we drove through a lot of, of cities that were like fully lit up for Christmas on our way home. So Aww. interesting. Maybe I should we're gonna seek have out to... some Christmas lights. Yeah. Oh my gosh, yeah. that's a favorite pastime. Family would just get in the car, drive around, and look at other neighborhoods and their Christmas lights, and be like, "Oh, oh look God. what they did. That's cute." <laughs> yeah. Oh, I love that. So. Today, we are uh, finishing up our conversation with Kayla Bittner mm-hmm. on the podcast. Deconditioning the reflector. Yeah. So if you were with us two weeks ago um, on part one, you are now present for part two. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, you're going to learn a lot of really great stuff about being a reflector from Kayla Bittner. Yep. We're really excited to dive into the second half of this and really let you see that reflector perspective even more deeply because I think really having a reflector on the podcast is so vastly different from having anybody else on the podcast. It it was insane. Like I felt like we were in a different dimension recording this episode. <laughs> mm, absolutely. Hi, I'm Kayla Mason. And I'm Megan Smith. And this is Human, Human Design, Design in Real Time. Time. I'm the founder and CEO of Kayla Care, and as an intuitive human design coach, I use human design to help you get to the root of what's holding you back from living the life you actually want to be living. Human design is a map of your energetic DNA that uses a combination of ancient systems and modern science to help you understand how your energy shows up in the world. On this podcast, we'll be talking with people from all walks of life about how their human design affects their lives and the lives of those around them. To download a PDF of your own human design chart, all you need is your exact birth time and you can go to kayla-care.com to download your own copy. So let's get started. 
What have some of the tools that you've used been to help you to get from being in that super people-pleasing place, being in that place of feeling like hierarchy was important, being in those, you know, the places you're discussing, these shadow spaces. How did you decondition? How did you get out of them? What tools did you use? Um, One is that I've had my own coaches, right? So important to make that investment. Um, I have used you know, almost every tool under the sun, I feel like from hypnosis to meditation to, um, but also really just learning and the awareness of knowing, knowing your chart, having it read by somebody else too, I think is so important because you're not self-diagnosing and and having your blind spots kind of fit in all over the place, right? Having someone, yeah, it's so real. (laughs) <laughs> like blind spots glaring mm-hmm. um, or just like even having a sounding board to process off of, especially for reflectors, like we yeah. process out loud yep. and, and having that, that validation back to also someone who can um, see your chart and know what's possible for you so that they're holding, mm-hmm. they're holding you high. Um, I had a coach that when I was first starting, she's so like to this day is just, um, I, I am literally have no words to say how amazing she is. Like she is just so amazing. Amazing. Um, she's, she's an OG life coach from, um, you know, she's one of the, she was actually one of the first people who was wow. really making it popular, um, back when Tony Robbins was, was getting, um, on her way up. So, but she could see my potential in me and held me high at my lowest moments. And that just allowed, allowed me to decondition with her and start to see what was possible for me. Who is this person? Um, (laughs) I know her name is Sonia Satra. She actually just put out a book. It was such a cool, in my early twenties, my roommates were working as her assistant. So she would come to our apartment sometimes and beta test these new like coaching and movement based wow. tools. That's awesome. So what an she aligned has... thing for a reflector. Oh my God. <laughs> you oh literally God. just had it come in through your door. <laughs> yeah. And and she calls it Modi size and it's like motivational exercise, which also in my chart I have um in in Jean I think it's in Gene keys, particularly, I remember mm. that I have one that says about my radiance needs to be physical activity. So anytime I'm personally moving and rewiring my brain is yep. really, really um, useful. Yeah. Absolutely. So yeah. Um, so, she, you know, just having her in my corner and allowing her to help me vision for the future. Um, we do this she taught me this beautiful tool that I'll now do with my clients where you're at the bottom of the mountain and you walk up the mountain and along the way you see all of the different phases that you're going to go through. And then you walk back down the mountain telling yourself like from the, from the version, the higher version of you that saw everything come to fruition, just like cheerlead, (laughs) like like, keep going up there and give advice to the low, to, to that person who's like stuck in the trees and can't mm-hmm. see mm-hmm. ahead. Um, and 
you know, just recently we reconnected after a few years and she was like, you realize that you're three quarters of the way up the mountain from that exercise. Mm. Like when I was at the <laughs> bottom of it. Right. Mm. And, and so that was absolutely huge. Um, that really for me catapulted into uh, just new realms of possibility and, and having the clarity to know as a reflector, to know what direction to go into and not to get distracted. Um, one thing I want to speak to, um, I'm going to, I'm going to keep going on this, but I want to hold this for a moment because one thing that we do is, I don't know if other reflectors do this, but I did um, previous to knowing that I was a reflector was that I was always telling people what I was going to do next. Oh, I'm going to be this. I want to go this. And it lost a lot of credibility with people because then I wouldn't do it. And they were mm -hmm. like, and the story that I would hear back is you're all over the place. Mm -hmm. So I've learned to, for me, it's better to hold it inside before or I'm going to let people know. And this is yeah. a, a case by case, you know, some people will reach their goals by telling people and getting the accountability. For me, I need to make sure I'm just, I drive people who love me nuts. <laughs> this, is now, <laughs> this is about their needs, right? Yep. Like they, like I have a few friends who I've done this to and they need me not to do this. <laughs> 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 so I do hold it in. Um, yeah. I, I find space to process yeah. but out, out loud, but I'm not processing to them saying I'm going to do something anymore. Um, and yeah. that's a really big shift. I actually experienced that as well as a projector. And I I watch PJ experience it as well. I feel like it might be an undefined mm -hmm. sacral thing because we see all of the doing happening and we're like, okay, well, I'm I'm going to do the thing. Like I'm going to, I, and we can feel what it would feel like to do it. And it feels yeah. totally, like totally doable. And then when we start to actually do it, it's like, oh, shit, this is very different than I thought it was going to be. My body's not ready for this. I don't feel like doing this. This doesn't feel right right now, like in this mm -hmm. moment. And so I, I completely agree. What I've done because, and uh, I love that you said that for reflectors, it's also important to talk things out because that's a big projector thing as well. I, this whole conversation is starting to help me understand all of this because there has been a part of me that as a coach has been like, I don't know enough about reflectors to talk to reflectors. I'm really starting <laughs> to understand that ref the reflector experience is m more similar to the projector experience than I had, ex than I had thought. Um, but it's also very different, of course. Um, but I think... No, I think it's very similar. I, I think I... Yeah. I, I, yeah. Um, but I feel like the the thing that I that I have done in the same way that you're discussing is like there are certain people who I will talk things out with and those people know that I'm just talking it out. But the people who I announce things to, once I have announced the thing, it's like I feel like I'm like, oh, shit, I said it now. I have to do it now. <laughs> it's like, so I will hold back until I'm absolutely sure. On the other hand, at this point, most of the people who love me know that just because I've announced something doesn't mean it's going to happen. <laughs> mm. Right, so, right. You know. Yeah, and so it, it becomes about like, when do I use the announcement as a tool for accountability? Um, my sister told my boyfriend when we started dating that um, she goes, with this one, 
actions. Words don't mean anything. It's all actions. <laughs> She's like, is she doing it? Is she packing her apartment and moving into yours? Yeah, then she's moving then in. She's moving <laughs> in. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. Yeah. So it was like I was like, oh, she she's a Manny Jen too. So mm, cool. <laughs> cool, cool, cool. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's it's people do know you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, on that, how do you influence uh your loved ones around you to support you? I so I just like love this question so much, um, because it has not been easy. Mm-hmm. Uh, especially with being in a relationship where, um, you know, we both need a lot of rest. Yeah. My partner loves to have one of his gifts that he, he should have been a travel agent. We always joke about this, but he is a planner and really likes to have things. I mean, we're talking like travel plans down to like 10 minute increments almost right <laughs> so which you cannot get more opposite uh-huh. than a, refle- a reflector now let's also um just layer this on top of that i'm a huge huge nerd of um helen fisher's work on relationships and matching mm. and one of the things that she always says that can't work is when you have a type A planner with an adventure. Um, because <laughs> like the adventure just wants to get on the airplane and the person who's like planning out everything, like they um they it, it drives them nuts, right? So this was like became a story for me mm. that I shouldn't be with somebody who is planning this way. So I resisted it with like every ounce of my body. Uh, And, um, um, but I, I also have, I I know my attachment style. I work really close with attachment styles too. And so I also know that that was my avoidant attachment style, just flaring its head up. Right. And, and finding a really good reason to protect me from, from love. Um, If if you're following this one, this is like a layer of of conditioning and deconditioning here. Um, So, so, but I actually had to look at the fact that I'm always attracted to people who have plans. I actually love when things are planned out. It gives me an element of surprise of just being like, and we're doing this next and we're doing this next. So I love that. Yeah. So I actually realized that I love this. Um, and I'm actually very good at planning as well. It's like this taking charge. Um, but I need naps built into the plan. Yes. <laughs> and yes. early on in our relationship, we did not do that. And I would get too tired. And now we he, like, there's always a nap, like a four hour nap. Yes. Ooh. Yes. <laughs> so, nice. That That is not long too one. long. I completely agree because you need time to get to the napping place, to choose yes. a meditation, to lay down, to decide how you're going to nap. And then you need time to wake up, to get a snack, to have some water. Four hours is a perfect period. That I love the that. opposite yeah. of what I need. I need five minutes, I'm knocked out. Five minutes, I'm up and ready to go. That's just my, yeah. my body. So, oh my God, totally. Which is actually so funny because now it's like being with a projector is really 
useful versus <laughs> like I because we're both like he's like I need a nap too yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> go down um I would love to know what some of my exes were in the past because I definitely yeah. have one oh, I, I looked up like... all of mine I literally <laughs> yeah. lo- I've looked up all of mine one of the things I tell projectors when they come to and you know reflectors if if any reflectors would like to come work with me um I I tell them to bring the charts of all the people in their lives <laughs> Because the thing Mm, is that like, if you can get the birth time of the people in your life, you're absorbing so much stuff from them. You are taking on their entire personality as a reflector. So the concept that like the people around you are actually informing everything about your life is so real. So yeah. yeah. So another really big one is that um, I have, I we've, the whole time that we've ever lived together, we've had a two bedroom and in New York city, that's an incredible feat to yes. have done of strike of luck. <laughs> um, so I had my room that was just like my little 60 square foot of space. Mm-hmm. You don't need much, but it was just full of, uh, it was almost like opposite to the rest of the apartment. It was so girly. It was so <laughs> like white, light, bright, like completely like, you know, I have smells like incense when you walk in, like the whole thing. I love it. So I ha- having that space really, really helped me as well. Um, mm. And what's cool is that I actually need, I, I, I needed it a lot when I first moved in and now we have a much bigger apartment and having the extra space, I think is just really helps me as I, I don't need as much space away anymore for processing. I, I can do it a little bit easier. Um, and so that's a big one. That's definitely a big one. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know, patterns and talking about just patterns. So interesting because my parents are both, projectors with emotional authority which i'm of course dating my parents so <laughs> following wow. the same line there um oh man and yeah yeah um so that's really interesting and yeah like, wow it came down to human design too yeah <laughs> so. family dynamics are always so interesting to me we just had someone on the podcast who was a manifester and who had her she has two sisters and both of them are reflectors what right wow right I was like we need to get all three of you on here and talk about this because uh (laughs) that's so interesting and like because I see it all the time where it's like a whole family of generators or it's like four generators and one many gen and like one projector you know oh yeah (laughs) so and my sister was the many gen with all undefined oh my god she would come in as a many gen oh that's so funny (laughs) She, you know, um, it it is so, so interesting because the just level of energy that she had and the things that she was able to accomplish was just so, you know, I think I think any little sister can feel this of like, wow, when you have an overachieving <laughs> older sister and then you start uh, high school uh-huh. and all the teachers are ready for the Manny Gen energy of like the smartest. She she graduated like second in her class. She was five beta <laughs> kappa, which is like sort of top ten percent in the country, oh, graduated man. from college. Brilliant. Just yeah. absolutely completely brilliant, right? And then I'm like, I could be. I just <laughs> don't 
care to be. Yeah. <laughs> I just don't really want to do that. <laughs> yeah. Like, like that, I don't want to put that. I mean, the project, the way that she put so much energy into wow. her homework. Yeah. Like, yeah. You know? Yeah. Oh, that's so uh, funny. Yeah. Yeah. And and I'm all, I actually have um, one of my gates is about like mastery and mm-hmm. Like really, does that ring a bell? Yeah, um, you have gate forty-eight in your chart, which one. is yeah, yeah. So I do get like obsessive about things mm-hmm. when I'm diving in, and that gate's activated. Um, so I don't want to sell myself short when I talk about being a bad student. But um, I no, just but have my interest. Yeah, I think especially as a reflector, especially all the things you've been talking about, it's important to know what you're stepping into, you know, and not as a matter of preparing, but as a matter of like knowing, inner knowing of where you're going next. And it maybe is not being the second in your class, you know, like if you know that that's where you're going, then you need to listen to that. So, yes, yeah. And I, I think that I think like what we discussed before, the concept of feeling empowered in yourself and the concept of uh, of what was the word that you used when you're talking oh, about empowering I, yourself? Acceptance? No. I'm not sure. I don't remember anymore. That's okay. I'm a reflector. I let it go. You let it go. <laughs> I love it. Um, but I feel I'm like just joking. Yeah. that concept of trusting yourself, of like truly trusting yourself mm-hmm. is something that at the very beginning, you know, like you knew you trusted yourself from day one and then you watched this other person set a path for you and then the imposter syndrome starts setting in and then it's the people pleasing and then it's the, oh, but am I actually supposed to be like her? It's like, nah. (laughs) Yeah. Even if you have the thing doesn't mean that you are going to do that, you know? Absolutely. Absolutely. It's so, and talk about, it even goes back to hierarchy, right? Like it's like like top of her class, top student, Mm -hmm. top university, like all of these things. And then where do I fit in? And now my worth is associated to where it is on the, on the class roster Mm -hmm. as from, you know, Instead of just saying like, oh, these are my strengths. This is what I do well. And let me celebrate in that. Do you feel like this is, I'm just curious about this. Do you feel like you were kind of reflecting, were like a mirror of your sister for any period of time? And then when, how old were you when she graduated? Oh, this is such a great question. Um, She, so she went to college when I was starting high school. So I definitely, um, I, yeah, let me think about that for a bit because I definitely held on to, um, when I'm with her too, I catch her personality. Mm-hmm. If that yeah. makes sense. Like, and sometimes it's like, normally I'm, I'm, um, gosh, I don't know how to describe this. Um, but I feel like I'm like a little bit like more ethereal mm-hmm. earth spirit kind of, um, yep. like fairy vibe. You absolutely know. are. Yes. You are like a wood nymph. So, you are like, you are like yeah. mother earth fairy world. Yes. So when I'm with her, I completely shift and I like lose that 
And, um, and I get like almost sometimes into the same cadence that she speaks. Like it's almost a complete reflection. And now I know the difference, but I did not know growing up. We were so similar. Um, our uh, people would get freaked out at how similar we were because I was completely reflecting it. Um, so I am glad that we, we had those four years apart because I was able to kind of find my myself a little bit more. Um, I was also, I was also doing theater really young, so I did have a lot more independence in middle school than I think mm. most middle school kids have because I was off doing shows in different cities and things. Yeah. So that was, I think, very useful because I could find myself and experience like a very different environments yeah. at a young age. Do you feel yeah. like you took her personality with you or when she leaves, is it like that Teflon, like you were talking about, it's just kind of gone? It's, it's gone. Wow. It's, it's gone instantly. Wow. Oh. And that, that was one of my, so um, I definitely one of the deconditioning journeys was the shame I felt in, um, especially in middle school when you're getting your identity defined mm-hmm. and the worst thing in the world to be in, in middle school and in, in high school is a poser. Right. Mm-hmm. So like the worst thing uh... that you can be is a poser. And, and that's and so who I, you are innately. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I was so challenged by that. Uh... And I would just be like, I don't understand like why I shift so much when I'm with people like, and I would really beat myself up over it. And I would get so, um, I, I would freeze. I really learned to freeze in response to being in social dynamics where I didn't feel included because, um, I couldn't like, I didn't, you know, you're, yeah. you feel awkward. You're like, like, my limbs have just grown in. Like, yeah. <laughs> I don't know how to move my arms. And now I'm like reflecting a personality that's not mine. And I'm worried that people are thinking that I'm a poser. And, and you're oh. really like, like that's, um, you know, I think one of the big, one of the big things is like when you start to worry about what other people are thinking of you yep. and then what the community is thinking about you. Um, when I'm coaching, I actually, one of the things I measure is in to see people's healing process that I'm tracking as a coach mm-hmm. is that I, I track that particularly them moving from worried about what people are thinking of them and the projections that they're, they're, talking about until by the end of our coaching they're usually completely sure of of what decisions they want to make and they're not worried about they're just stop talking about it naturally they are only worried about what they what their desires are and and you know manifesting that and like creating that in the world and in their life so you know that's such a great idea that's I'm I'm going to start using that. That's a great idea. It's so hard to track people's uh, um, progress in the coaching, con- in the coaching concept, I you know, I, I never tell them that I'm tracking that. It just is like something that I know that it's working. Yeah, so, that's great. Yeah, but it is such a middle school thing to do, yeah. right? It's like really get trapped in what are people thinking of me? Mm-hmm. And um, and then when you're reflecting their personality too, it's like, 
exhausting and scary and um, really difficult. It just is, I, I feel for all those reflector middle school kids. Uh, I feel like there's more of us coming. <laughs> I agree. Actually, if you if you look, because on Jovian Archive, you can see like the numbers of all of the people who've looked up their human design charts. And the numbers have changed even since when I started this two years ago. It was at like 20% projectors and like 1% reflectors. And now it's up to like 21% projectors and like 1.5% reflectors. Like it's, it's shifting. And I don't know if that's because the people who are being called to look up their charts are, are people with undefined sacral centers or if it's because I also noticed the manifestor number getting a little higher. Um, So Mm -hmm. I don't know if it's just being skewed because those of us who feel into the world like that are being called to the more mystical being called to something like human design or, if it is that it's actually shifting. Um, And we do know that, like, I believe it was in like the late 1800s that projectors became a thing. Um, And I'm not sure when reflectors became a thing. Yeah. I have heard that reflectors were actually like the first people. Really? (laughs) Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, I don't know where I heard that. I don't have the source on it. Okay. don't, Don't but I did, I do remember learning that at one point that um, it was as though like almost everyone was a reflector at one point. Interesting. Wow. I wish I knew, I wish I knew the source of that. Honestly. So when you look at animal charts, so there are, when you look into human design and we've discussed this a little bit, but when you look at an animal chart and what we, then the dream charts, it cuts out four of the centers. So with animals, we're not dealing with the mind or the crown because they don't have that kind of cognitive thinking. It's the same thing with the dream realm. Um, And we are not dealing with the ego, so no heart center or uh, emotion. So the emotional center is because animals don't feel human emotions. They only feel instinct. So they have spleens, but they don't have emotional centers. So there are only five centers for animals and in the dream realm when you are sleeping. So it would make sense that earlier humans would not have had as many centers. And something like 70% of animals are reflectors. So in the animal realm and in the dream realm, we are, there are, there's a mass majority of reflectors. So I wonder if that's where that comes from. Just this concept that like previously there were less centers and therefore there were less probabilities of people being defined. So we're talking like early people, you know, were probably more reflectors. Mm. I feel it. I mean, for me, it just feels like we're supposed to be resurrecting ancient wisdom. Like, I love that. (laughs) Yes. I mean, I just I just feel like that makes sense to me. But, uh, you know, yes. Oh, no, I love that so much. We're connected to the moon, right? The moon is that underworld. And I feel I just like really feel that underworld connection. And and it's time to bring out some of these. And I'm just, you know, it's it's one of those things that keeps coming into my life. The more that I accept and decondition and integrate being what this means, mm-hmm. I'm 
um, being given more kind of um, God, the feminine secrets that I've learned in the last uh, year of of the power of our bodies, of the power of our, of our blood. Like uh, it, it like I mean, my whole worldview has changed so dramatically. Mm. Um, yeah. you know, I was able to heal myself of, um, horrible cramps. Like I don't get horrible cramps because I have these practices that I've learned that, of uh, just being, um, of, of really like connecting into, to my womb and even learning like where my, how my womb, like, is it hanging? Like it's in, it's because our, our wombs are connected by, um, by ligaments, I believe. And I, I hope that I have this right. I, I don't have this, like, this isn't something that I normally have memorized or whatever. Uh So, um, but it's like, it's almost like it's suspended. Uh So one thing I learned only this year is that it could be a little bit too forward or a little bit too back Mm -hmm. and we can Mm -hmm. get different pain or like you might have to pee a lot during sex or something. Can I say that on your podcast? Yes. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Like, like, like that might be, and it might be because the womb is too, is, is in like either too forward or too back. And, and, um, uh, there's womb experts who, who know all this and they talk about it and, um, and it can completely sh- change. And so I've, I've done some of their practices and worked a little bit like here and there and something I would love to dive more into. Um, but it, it was able to really shift. And I received my central somatic certification um, last, I guess it was this year still, like early in the beginning of this year and doing the somatic movements that are really in the hips and the spine just helps like all of a sudden my cramps were gone when I started doing it and my body was releasing traumas that were you know, stored in it. And all of a sudden it's like so much clearer and that's where the intuition then comes in. Um, creativity all of a sudden started flowing from spinal undulations, like, but doing a lot of spinal undulations. Yeah. I'm not talking yeah, yeah, just yeah. like a yoga class of them. Like I'm talking like we're doing an hour straight. Yeah. But it's like floodgates of creativity all of a sudden. Mm, so wow. it's, it's all so connected. Right. Oh, that's anyway. so cool. <laughs> like, that's awesome. I love it. I love it so much, but I just feel like that's, that's the wisdom that we're supposed to be bringing. Yes. And so many of the reflectors that I've, I've met are very close to the feminine. Even mm-hmm. I've met like one reflector man and he just had the most gentle softness yeah. about him too. I mean, so, I feel like reflectors, you are the embodiment of the divine feminine. You are literally in constant receiving mode. You don't yes. have, there is no part of you that is ever giving, that is ever emitting. You are always mm. absorbing. You're always receiving. So I yeah. feel like when you lean into that, it gives you the opportunity to actually live in alignment with that divine feminine, you know, because mm. the exact opposite of that would be someone who has all of the centers defined. <laughs> Most mm. of us have some of the masculine and some of the feminine, you know, um, someone who has all of the centers defined is someone who is entirely masculine, is always emitting, is always always putting out energy, you know, Um, and that's really difficult. I've, I've only, I've met a couple of people who just have one center undefined. And it's the kind of thing where like, when you only have one or two centers undefined, you create so much energy that 
a lot of times there's a part of you that is like afraid of being too much, is afraid of like of hurting yeah. the people around you with all of the energy that you create. And like, so fi- figuring out how mm. to, you know, like how to get that energy out, how to move through it, how to use that masculinity essentially to help yourself move through that is the plight of someone who's oh, who's very defined whereas someone who's so undefined like a reflector you're all about being in that divine feminine it's literally part of your chemical physiology <laughs> oh thank you so much for sharing that yeah. because, and and the also the understanding of the givers of energy too right that masculine like that it has to be honored in itself. Yeah, 100%. Right? So, like, thank, thank God for men, right? Yeah. Thank God for that masculine. Because yeah. right? otherwise, I would be floating. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. Right? Oh, yeah. oh, absolutely. And I, I also have a projector for a partner. And so I, I, we don't even create a defined sacral center. I don't, I, do you and your partner create a defined sacral center? Um. So, I want you to look at our church I was, together. At I some was point. literally going to say I would love to have the two of you on the podcast because what a cool pairing. <laughs> I would love that would to be do that. Really interesting. Um, I believe that he has the head defined, but the only reason that I remember if this and it's because I'm like, oh, that explains why he's stubborn. And I just remember thinking that. <laughs> if he's a planner, he might uh, that that might make sense. He might have his mind defined. Um, um, but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But PJ and I don't create a defined sacral center. So there is no sacral energy in our house when it's just the two of us. So like, it is very interesting being in such a like feminine household, you know? Um, so yeah. because generators, like I was just talking to my sister, our producer, she and her boyfriend are both Manny Gens. And the other night they just decided on a whim that they were going to go to New York City and uh, go to a concert. And they just got in the car and drove two hours and went to this concert and were out until four, like two in the morning and then got on a train and went back and like literally like a huge eight hour event of travel and concert and hanging out and, you know, and then back on a train and like just because they were just like, oh, this sounds fun. And like, I look at something like that and I'm just like, PJ and I will like decide to do one, one activity. And then we're done. We're like nap time. Are you hung? I'm hungry. Let's eat. I'm <laughs> it's like three yeah. hours is a lot. That's a lot. So <laughs> I could do I feel like I could do that if I was with a manager. Right. But I could not like I do not desire to do that without having yeah. <laughs> without having an energy to ride like without having yeah. a surfboard like I don't want to go surfing without a surfboard <laughs> oh, I love that I love that metaphor exactly yes Manny Jens you are our surfboard <laughs> I don't know how I feel about that but okay <laughs> um, I have one last question for you Kayla and what is your advice for other reflectors going through a deconditioning journey Oh, to do it, to to really dive into it and prioritize it. Um, everything is in there. It's and in your gate too. Um, it, it's just really 
having someone to hold you through the process of it. Um, I don't think it's an easy thing to do alone. And I understand coaching is really expensive. There are resources, reach out to other reflectors. Um, That was something that helped me is just having reflectors who are integrated already lead me through it. But there Mm. are groups out there. There are, um, you know, just having my feed now, my stories like pops up and like, like every fourth one is a reflector. And it really, (laughs) honestly, I love that. (laughs) It's it's crazy. Um, I'm also watching their stories more. So that's also helping the algorithm. But really, I would say to to reach out, make yourself known, share about the experience, um, and trust that what is in your chart is meant for you. And even if it doesn't make sense, even if you're, if you're trying to be logical about it, allow that to, to, to be there. Don't try to get rid of it. Your thoughts are just allow them to be there, but also drop into your body at the same time, um, to listen to its wisdom and know that you have that ability, um, and and trust in it. Uh, it. It was really helpful to go through my chart and see and look at what I had already instinctually known um, or what has come through or just the alignment and like looking to see the positive things in my life that I have created and how it is also in my chart too. The name of my business I named before I heard of human design, Two Feel Sparks. (laughs) And in one of my gates, it says, that I will leave sparks wherever I go. Oh, wow. And yep. my coach at the time uh, was like, was like, oh, is that why you named your business that? Oh and I was like, oh my God, I never even. So it, it really is coming through and you are probably more um, authentic than you realize because I think as reflectors, we can fear that we lose our authenticity, uh, but trust that you probably are on a path and it's, coming to you mm-hmm. um despite yourself <laughs> so it is coming to you and to trust that even if things aren't what you want them to be right now it's for a reason mm-hmm. keep keep moving forward keep trusting yourself write those write the intuitive hits down even if you're not acting on them yet they will come into fruition in their own time they will not pass you by um, so just keep keep going. And the more you can be in the present state, the more enriched your life will be. Mm. Wow! I thank love you. that. Yes. Thank you so much for sharing your journey with us today. This has been so enlightening. I feel like I've just listened yeah. to an entire TED Talk on reflectors. Yeah. So thank you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I know. I, yeah. I feel so seen, and I feel so like I. I feel so. Um, so grateful that you are here and that you're able to share this experience with us because this is not a common experience. <laughs> this is very different. <laughs> well, my ego absolutely loves to feel special, which <laughs> good. You I should. Like some reflectors will admit and some will not, but um, some don't have that. Some are like, oh, why am I weird? Why? Which, you know, I, sure. but it was, it was, yeah, you know, I, I, it was validating to be like, oh, that's why I'm different. Mm-hmm. Okay. So it's wonderful to have 
the more that people know about what reflector is the easier it is like when I meet people and I try to find out pretty quick if they know what human design is because then I know whether or not they're going to understand yeah a hundred percent oh that's how I feel about all people like every time I meet someone there's a part of me that's like okay what's their chart and do they have any idea what I like what what how I'm thinking about the world (laughs) yeah 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 Uh, absolutely yep it's so good thank you for sharing this with the world too like thank you for getting this out there because this is so important for people to learn and for people to know um so that we can all feel seen us one percenters are just sometimes (laughs) reflectors have a big one of our things is that we feel invisible so much and then everyone puts us last on the slide Oh, that's another one of those. I feel like this is coming full circle because now we're back at like the universe giving you something that is going to like push you. Like, yes, you're going to be last on every single one of those slides (laughs) so that you can figure out that it doesn't matter that they put you last. You're amazing and special just because you are. Yeah. 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 I I love myself. Yeah, you do. Good. You can say it. I do. Yes. I love myself. Yes. It's okay. Even if I'm last, even if I'm picked last. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's really, it really, that inclusion just to go full circle from the beginning it's like when a reflector feels included, that's to everybody else who's not a reflector. Just um, if if you know one, just, you know, it's not even about it's, it's inviting them in, but it's just making them feel loved. And a simple text message like goes so far, I feel like for reflectors, you know, they're uh, being thought of and yeah. these little tiny gestures um, that make them feel seen too. just everyone wishes to be seen. Yeah. So I don't know. That's my that's my little tidbit for the rest of the world. I love that <laughs> so much. Thank you so much for sharing your story. And we'll definitely be having you back on the podcast if if you'll have us, because I uh-huh. I'd love to talk more about your experiences and uh, yeah, and to dive into what the life of a reflector is like. I would love that. I would absolutely love that. Well, thank you both so much. If you like what you heard on this podcast, follow us on Instagram at Human Design in Real Time to keep up with our next episodes. And if you want to learn more about your own human design, I'd love to help you on your journey. You can head to my website, kayla-care.com, to book an introductory human design session where we'll dive into the person you were born to be. That's K-A-Y-L-A-C-A-R-E.com. We're always looking for awesome humans to be guests on the podcast. So if you'd like to be interviewed, send us an email at humandesigninrealtime at gmail.com. This podcast is brought to you by Kayla Care. A big thank you to our amazing producer, sound mixer, designer, and editor, Sabrina Mason. Thank you to the composers of our theme song, Niall Spaulding and Sabrina Mason. Thank you to today's guests for being open and present with us. And thanks to you, our listeners, for supporting this podcast. Keep discovering your human Human design design in real time.